thank you all for coming. This is a, a really, for those of you who may not know this momentous occasion, this year is the 50th anniversary of an article that's not my favorite in the world, Garrett Hardin's Tragedy of the Commons. Now, how many of you have uh, heard the phrase, the tragedy of the commons? Okay. How many of you have read the article? Okay. Those of you who have may know that, in fact, Hardin was not a scholar of the commons. He hadn't really studied the commons, and the article wasn't even about the commons. It was about population growth. But that idea caught on, that the shared resources would inevitably be degraded. Now, what we are, in one sense, he has done a great favor, though, also because it sparked a whole discussion, a whole uh, scholarship on the commons. There are now literally thousands of articles about long-enduring commons. Um, it, let me step back a minute and say, what do we mean by commons? First of all, they can broadly be defined as shared resources. A lot of the emphasis has been on common pool resources, which have high subtractability, what I take is not available for you, and low excludability. It's hard to keep me from taking more. But they can also be things that groups of people come together to create like the knowledge commons. Historically, commons have been uh, very important. Rangelands, forests, water as classic examples that people depend on for their lives and livelihoods. Traditionally managed at a, at a local level. But there's also been a trend towards state takeover and nationalization, often prompted by this notion of the tragedy of the commons. And, uh, <clears throat> or on the other side, privatization and individualization. But if we look at uh, most types of agriculture or natural resource management, and we think about the time horizon of them, things that have a longer time horizon, people need property rights for, or they don't have the incentive and authority to manage them. As we move up the spatial scale, beyond what happens on an individual farm, you have to have some form of coordination. A lot of the literature on the commons has focused on these governance arrangements for coordination. What are the rules and what enforces those rules and such? What's perhaps received less attention until more recently is the tenure Im implications, the importance of the property rights. But really both are important because if the whole commons is taken away, there's no point in worrying about the detailed rules. Now that's not a new concept. There's a 17th century English folk poem. The law locks up the man or woman who steals the goose off the common but leaves the greater villain loose who steals the common from the goose. 
And throughout history, there's been a lot of stealing the common from not only the goose, but from the people who depend on those. And then blaming those very people for mismanaging the common. Fortunately, what's new after 50 years is greater recognition of the importance of the commons. Eleanor Ostrom's winning the uh, Nobel Prize in Economics for her work on the commons was one of those markers of that. But there's also expanding recognition of the importance of the commons beyond um, rural, remote areas. Urban commons are getting a lot of attention. And if you want more on that, tomorrow there will be a, work, uh, a conference at Georgetown Law School that has a lot on that. Digital commons, knowledge commons, recognition that the ecosystem services that the commons generate are important for not just the people living, the commoners living on it, but for broader society, even globally. Um, there's a recognition that insecure tenure and open access contributes to the tragedy. So there have been a lot of policies to secure tenure. We're going to hear about some of that in the UK Commons Act of 2006. Um, other forms of tenure reforms, such as Mozambique and India's Forest Rights Act, Liberia, um, uh, and then governance reforms for co-management. We'll, uh, we'll hear about some of the state of that from Peter Veit's presentation. But the commons, commons are no longer just for subsistence in remote areas. They have to, people who depend on them need income as well. So how can we generate that income and motivate investment? We're going to hear about that from Ileana Monteroso. Um, the import, one of the themes I hope you'll take away is the relevance of the commons for today and tomorrow and into the future and what needs to be done to uh, secure that and to develop uh, priorities for action in policy and implementation. And Thea Hillhorst from the World Bank will give us some uh, insights on that to open our discussion. So uh, without further ado, I would like to give a little bit more introduction to the fantastic panelists that, that have agreed to participate in this. John Powell at University of Gloucestershire and is president of the International Association for Study of the Commons, or IASC. Um, and I can go on and on about what a great association that is. They are co-hosting this with us. Um, <clears throat> and he uh, has great experience in the implementation of the UK Commons Act and um, uh, from the work that he has done here. Then also, um, uh, it, uh, Peter Veit is director of land and resource rights the Director of the Land and Resource Rights Initiative at World Resources Institute that seeks to strengthen land tenure and natural resource rights of rural people and communities. Um, and then Ileana Monteroso is an environmental scientist, recently completed her postdoctoral fellowship with CIFOR, the International Forestry uh, Center, um, and 
coordinated research activities of the Global Comparative Study on Design and Implementation on Tenure Reforms in Peru and Colombia. As you can see, these people have, I think at one point I, I did a calculation of how many years of collective experience, and I won't embarrass us all by saying well, how, how much that is. Then finally, as our, to lead off our discussion, Thea Hillhorst is a senior land governance specialist in the development research group at the World Bank. She has both conducted research on the commons and is now in a position to observe the policy issues and the implementation around the commons. So with, um, without further ado, I would like to then um, thank you, welcome you all to this. It, uh, this is officially the launch of the World Commons Week, which has a conference at Georgetown University, coordinated global events and webinars all over the world. Um, and uh, we have more information about that outside. Thank you all very much. <laughs>